Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Voices Behind the Game. Hope you are staying safe and healthy. Hope that you've got a chance over the summer to spend some time with family in a good, safe way amidst these uh, weird, bizarre times. But thanks so much for listening. In this episode, we have Dallas Mavericks legend and TV broadcaster Derek Harper. We get real with Derek. Uh, My dad and I have a great conversation with him about race, about what it's like to live in Dallas. And we even talk about the infamous you go live in Utah quote that Derek made while he was playing for Dallas when the Jazz tried to trade for him. So I know that you'll enjoy this episode. You'll enjoy uh, Derek's candor, his wit, and the general camaraderie that we have. So pull up a chair and enjoy this episode with Derek Harper. Dad, I got a better voice than he does. You should know that by now. Uh, your voice is not better than your father's. I'm sorry. No, I know. I, yes. In all I, due respect, I don't know you, Jeremy, but I do know Dan. Dan has a beautiful voice. Yes, he does. Uh, what yes, a nice guy yes, you are. Yes, he does. He, he reminds me of that all the time, by the way. I mean, it, you know, growing up. Oh, uh, okay. You know, your okay, voice I'm is. Bit, yeah, it's like. It's good. You know, it's good. It's, uh, you know, in Utah, we're kind of isolated a little bit from everything. So. You know, it's, you know, the, the numbers are rising and all that as far as pandemic goes. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I think that's kind of, you know, a lot of places right now. And, you know, but uh, my family's good and my kids are good. So, uh, you know, my dad and my mom are good. So I, I'm I'm blessed. I can't I can't complain at all. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm a scary cat. So I, I'm trying to follow the rules as much as I can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I was a little more. I don't know. I think I had a little more bravado at the beginning of it, but now I, you know, I think it's, uh, I mean, I'm a lot more, I, I didn't like tempt things, but I just, I'm even more timid now than I was then, if that makes sense. I guess that's the word you got to use is timid because like I'm an avid golfer, so I like to golf yeah. and we golf, we golf on Saturdays and we've been going, but they do give you your own cart all of that kind of stuff. They spray down the cards and you can, you can practice social distance as much as you have to. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm an avid golfer as well. I've been playing for close, almost actually 40 years this year. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I love it that much, but I haven't been doing it. That <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, I, I, yeah, I just, I love playing and it's, I actually just read something on LinkedIn today that said golf was, the it, out of a, a one to ten scale, golf was a three as far as how like dangerous it was to play. So it's in the the green go mode as far as something we can do to avoid getting sick right now. So that's good, you know. I mean, it's you can I mean, agree. yeah, and it, you know, I mean, you walk, you you know, try to get out, and you're getting some exercise. You're in the outdoors, so I mean, it's, I uh, thank God for golf. I don't want to. I love Jeremy. I don't know about you, but I don't want to die because I've never died before. <laughs> however, I'm with that. However, 
golf might not be a bad way to go. Just yeah. sitting up out there playing. Well, check that, with Bing Crosby. That might be okay. With, that might be all right with me. I love the game. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Check with uh, Bing Crosby. That was his. Uh, he, he, yeah, right. He fell face yeah. down on a green after a putt, and he God only knows he could have yeah. hold out for it. He never knew, obviously. So well. Yes, it, and as far as legend goes, he absolutely hold out, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, if you can go on a golf course, I, I don't know that there are that many better ways to go, honestly. I mean, right after you just kill it, you know, you just hit the best drive of your life, you know, in about another 10, 15 years, whatever it is, 20 years, and and you call it you call it good. I mean, <laughs> the, the, if you've lived a full life, man, going on a golf course, it's, uh, that's pretty that's pretty cool. <laughs> There's, you know, there's only one other place to go, other way to go, other than that, that would be more enjoyable. But <laughs> that's true. We'll talk about that when we're no, when we're I, that's right. We'll we'll talk I, about that at the bar someday. You, yeah. I, you at the, uh, I used to think about I that. That's good. The, uh, I'm too old now for that. I, I don't worry about that anymore. So, I just worry about getting out of bed now. Man. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so this is a yeah, this is a treat for me, Derek. I mean, I. I you know, I, I grew up watching watching you play, and you know, grew up uh, with the NBA of the '80s and the '90s, and and. Uh, yeah. How old are you? How old are you, Jeff? So I turned 49 in November. Oh, so you did grow up watching? Wow. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I I, well, I, uh, I wish I had a couple of. I, I wish I had my friends over. You you know I had hair once upon a time. Yes, <laughs> I remember that. Not man, remember you had that. the Fresh Prince of Bel Air going at one point. You know, you and Rolando, you guys had the you know the yes. You got the flat tops man. going, man. You talking about a blast from the past? Absolutely, <laughs> man. Wow, I remember that name too. I Rolando Blackman. I remember you know, that. One better. one of my like I remember. I remember watching Rolando Blackman when he hit that free throw in the All-Star game. And, I, I mean, he was, like, that was when the All-Star yep. game was really yep. good. Yep. Yep. And and he was talking to the shot, and, you know, he was, you know, and, you know, I'm I'm the rec league guy. You know, I got, I got you know, I can put a dime under my shoe when I jump. And, you know, but I got a good stroke. And so, you know, I love basketball. And I remember, like, you know, that, that fight, man, that was when, Watching, you know, the All-Star game was so fun. I mean, and that's what I always go back to was, you know, how much – because that was in Dallas, that game, if I remember right. And, you know, he just desperately wanted that shot to go in because I think it sent it into yeah. overtime. And uh, so – Listen, man, you have to um, – I can say this to you guys. You have to know Rolando to understand the magnitude of how he goes about his business you know, all-star games are normally kind of loosey-goosey, right? Right. Everybody having a good time, people not playing defense. Ro takes every moment when it comes to basketball. He takes it serious, like it's the end of the world. <laughs> wow. So, no, I'm serious. Man. Yeah. He's intense like when in it comes to that. And, and he's always been the best of the rest. You know, like growing up, he didn't really have – he wasn't really – recruited in a big-time way by colleges. He went to K-State. Right. Because K-State was one of the, the few teams that wanted him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everything that he accomplished, man, he really went for it, really sacrificed for it. And that's how he approached That's how he approaches the game, just so serious. And so, I mean, being in the backcourt with that guy was like – you know, going to the dentist, man. That's funny. Yeah, serious, man. He will not disagree with me on that. So, 
when uh, when I did the All Star game here with Carl and John, that game was yeah. it was just slightly above uh, average. It was uh, they both John and Carl wanted to beat the crap out of anybody on the East Side, and uh, he they you know them both getting the co you know, co MVP was very very cool, and uh, that. That was I enjoyed that game, and not only because I got a chance to do it, but the end result of the the competitive aspect of the play was um, was to me quite pleasing. I didn't mind that a bit. That was a good game. So I assume you live in Salt Lake. Yeah, yep, uh, I do live in Salt Lake. I've uh, grown up here. I've been. I've had the benefit. I've been to forty two different states. I've been to I don't know ten different countries. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I I enjoy it here. I I. But I, I wanted to make a point of it to be well rounded as, as well. You know, I mean, it, it's uh, there's a there's a lot out there, and that's uh, you know it's something that it, you know you, NBA players you know obviously have been so many different places. Travel is such a major part of what you do. Do, do yeah. you did you grow weary of that, Derek? I mean, do you still enjoy traveling, or do you try to stay home more now? I mean, I got to be real frank with you, open and honest. I um, I do enjoy getting out of Dallas. Yeah, and um, like you just you echoed it. You said it's so much to see out here, you know. And the great thing about leaving Dallas is that you can come back (laughs) two years. No, no, one month, two years, three years, twenty years, and Dallas doesn't change a lot. I don't know about Salt Lake City, but Dallas kind of stays the same. Yeah, it's one of those cities that you can leave and come back and get right in line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally know what you're saying. Yeah, it's a good city. It really is, but things don't really change. I mean, Dallas is, I love it. It's very pretentious. It's a lot of old money here. It's recession-proof. I tell people all the time, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the economy can be doing terrible. But here in the Metroplex, here in Dallas, Texas, or Texas in general, Things are going to be okay because there is so much oil money and just so much, you know, the cube in here. Gotcha. The one thing about Salt Lake and your uh, your description of it back then was uh, was right on the nose. But <clears throat> thank the good Lord, this place has changed to uh, a little bit less of all of the crap that used well, to be. A little. I mean, yeah. Salt Lake is unrecognizable well, compared to... Oh, Lake. yeah, that. that. I mean, but I'm talking about the uh, the conglomeration of population here is a little bit more balanced. And so, as a consequence, the end result of what's going on in this town has been uh, something that we stand back... I stand back in awe, but from the standpoint of being here all my life. So it's really quite amazing... And yet I yeah. get the total thing that you're saying with Dallas is uh, it, it, it's just a well-established place and there's no options. Yeah, and like all the development in the Dallas area is like in Frisco or Grapevine or, Oh, know. my God. You, not, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. Com- completely. I mean, there was a time, there was a time, I don't mean to interrupt, but just nope. interject. Yeah. There was a time here in Texas, in this area of Texas, that McKinney uh-huh. and you mentioned it, Frisco, they were two of the fastest growing cities in the in the country. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they, they grew so fast that, and the only way through a pandemic, through hard times in the market, you name it, the only way for that to, to come to fruition, you got to have cash. You got to have money. You mm-hmm. got to have, you know, you got to have a stable economy. And like I said, man, no matter what's going on, 
there's something about this place, man, that you can land on your feet. So I, I'll be here unless they, uh, unless they just move me out of here. I'm gonna be <laughs> <a devil>. Wait, <laughs> you know, Utah is actually really similar that way, Derek, in that, um, you know, it's one of the few states that actually operates in the black every year. So, that, you know, it, it, it's a profitable state. And, and that's what I, uh, going back to what we we're saying, how we are kind of isol- insulated here. It's because we do have government that's, that, that is conservative in, in a financial way where they don't out, overstep things. And I think Texas can be yeah. similar. And, that, and that's good for the citizens. You know, there, there's give and take in everything. But, and, you know, you know, but it, when you're looking at that, you know, the, 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 like you said, being able to be, know that you're still going to, you're not going to be, you know, have, you know, a, a thousand homes with for sale signs on them. At, you know, the, right. ne- the next right. week, you know, that's important. And it's important Absolutely. for personal Absolutely. reasons. Although, for, although, for, yeah. although it, 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 there's some for sale signs around yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine. The economy is different right now, man. People are really, uh, you know, people are hurting, obviously, man. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to the economy. But I don't know. What are you going to do? All you can do is try to stay the course of it and weather it and, Keep it moving is what I like to say. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself looking at uh, uh, in, in total bewilderment of all of the BS going on at this particular point in time? Yeah. I mean, it, it it stops me cold every now and then, none the least of which is when I wake up in the morning and figure out what the hell I'm going to do and how I do it. And then, what? you know, it's it's it, it yeah. really blows my mind how chaotic and unorganized and crap that it is. And you know precisely what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is definitely a lot going on. Um, the bubble down in Orlando, I, 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 I'm really curious. You know, I had a big zoom meeting yesterday with my broadcast team, the producers, the director, uh, and the talent, the other talent. And, you know, they were kind of, given an outline and a rundown of what the format of what things would look like, provided things continue to move forward. And I swear to you, man, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. I really don't. That, that's how discombobulated I am about what's going on right now. You know, it's, it's just, it's a confused situation that I think people want to, want to try to try to make, make right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Try to do the best that you can do to uh, to make this thing work, man. But these are unprecedented times. There's no question about it. There's so many so many ways. I think Mr. Silver has thrown a rope out there to kind of grab as much uh, you know a much cattle as he possibly can, and that's going to be uh, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be hard. That's really going to be hard, in my opinion. A lot of players are starting to recoil. I'm reading in the SPM that. Uh, you know, quite a few of them are thinking, do I really want to go down there and worry about getting sick and that stuff? And I, I yeah. are you, you're, are you going down there? Are you going to be part of that? No, no, I will work from here, which I don't know if it's any safe in Orlando, but I'll be in the studios here at Fox. Um, that, that's our plan. We're going to obviously try to do the social distance thing, but, and this is all different. And, you know, I, I never knew how, uh, how how much people love sports until now. Yeah, I, I yeah, knew, yeah. I, didn't know, I, I, I never realized that sport is like a part of the, a part of the world. 
you know, it's a big part. People love soccer. They love baseball. They love basketball, NASCAR, you name it. Every human being kind of looks forward to it. It's a favorite pastime for a lot of different people. Sure. And now that we've dealt with this pandemic, man, I can it, it kind of puts life in perspective. <laughs> That's well understood. Standpoint, yeah. but just from a life standpoint, man. I mean, we all. I mean, you look at the, uh, the 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 social justice stuff that's going on, man. And I think everybody is kind of like really evaluating themselves and, and evaluating their life and where their life is and what they want their life to be moving forward. Especially if you have kids, things of that nature, you really have to self-evaluate, man, and, and just really try to. Uh, I think be better, man, yeah. more than anything. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, I'm, I, you asked me, Jeremy, you, you asked the question if we could talk about coming to Utah, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people, Jeremy, took that as being like, that That was almost like a racist comment at the time, right? Sure. kind of like, oh, he doesn't think that Utah – is the kind of city he wants to be around. Had nothing, absolutely, and I, I swear to you, I'm a granddaughter that's seven years old. It had nothing to do with that. Somebody asked about, you didn't want to go to Utah, is what a reporter spit out. Right. And I'm kind of quick. My tongue is quick. I'm kind of, <laughs> I think that's why I'm in, I'm in TV, because I can, you say something to me, I can say something back. Absolutely. And right off the bat, all I said was, you go to Utah. Right. You know, just kind of being flipped. And that's all that people got out of it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. It had nothing to do with trying to dog Utah, Salt Lake City. I've always had a good time in, in, in Utah, Park City, all that stuff. I've always enjoyed myself. So that was kind of misconstrued and taken out of content, if uh, if I must say. But um, I was hurt after all of that. I was injured. And I'll never forget taking a flight because everybody, they, they seem to think that I was faking my injury because I didn't want to go and hear the fans boo me and all of that stuff. <laughs> but I, <laughs> so, no, not a lot of people know this story, but I uh, I took a flight on my own. I bought me a ticket the day of the game, and I came to Salt Lake City just to be booed. Okay? Really? Absolutely, wow. at the Salt Palace, man. I, I mean, it was uh, no. Well, maybe it wasn't. Salt I Palace, think you're in the new arena. It was in the new arena. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. It was yeah. a different. Yeah, it was a different arena. I knew that, but um, I actually wanted to get it. I wanted them to. You know, I just. I don't know if you guys know Big John. Uh, Sudbury. Sudbury. You, yeah. 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 Absolutely. You. you very well. One of my favorite people in the world. You know what I'm saying? One of the things that I look forward to doing in the day coming to Salt Lake City was see him. He sure. used to take me to steak dinners. And, <laughs> and when Adrian Dantley played in Salt Lake City, we used to go eat Chinese food. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Just, that's very I, cool. I cannot remember the name of the place, but <laughs> I've had nothing but great times in Salt Lake City, so I know I didn't mean it in a de- derogatory way, if you would. You it's know? interesting. And that, like I said, I, it's it's really interesting that you that you bring that out because I have to admit to you fully yeah. I was I was two ways with it. Number one, I kind of figured that was a, a I have to admit to you I figured it was a slap, but at the same time yeah. I went with you because of you know the 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 
the obvious mix of differences here, but you're you're obviously contradicting my, my feeling. But I, 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 I well, no, yeah, lay it out. I mean, let me say this: there's no there, there as far as diversity and all of that stuff. I live in Dallas, right, in Texas. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you want to get into all that race stuff, there's no difference in Dallas and Salt Lake City as far as culture and you know the demographic of people. How sure. do you want to put it? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That stuff is either in you or it's not in you. And it's not in me is what I would I cool. say with, <laughs> with a straight face. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, you guys are in the business. So you know that the minute, I mean, people people will take one bite out of a, one little snippet out of something and turn it into the story. People are looking for stories all the time, right? Uh, they are. Well, and, and so, to, yeah, that's I got caught up in that that little situation, man, because I was certainly not trying to be. Who wouldn't want to come and play with Stock and and Horny and fucking Carl and Pearl and all those cats, man? I mean, that was a winning environment in Salt Lake City, man. At the time, shit, it would have been great. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's it to your point, Derek. Like when I before we got on uh, the call, I googled Derek Harper. The second thing that pops up is Derek Harper, Utah Jazz. Like on on, yeah, on on Google, and so it's you know, I think, in in to your point, I mean, it, and and I want to go back because I think this relates. What I've found, in, in you know, having been around the sport for so you know for so long at you know I at an inside level, I, I've I've never wanted to attach to NBA players because I've always I, I know what their skill is, and I and I also. You know, this is something my, my dad always taught me. You know, he, he would keep distance, too, to respect their personal space. And I think that that's important because you, you you know, too many people want to cross that line. And so you have to do it in a respectful way and in a natural way. What I've seen in the pandemic and what that I've never seen before is a human side of players and allowing people to see it and, and feel it, you know, as far as, not going to Orlando because of family or talking, you know, uh, just even seeing players get the, the coronavirus. I mean, because you just, all you ever hear about with, with professional athletes are their injuries. You don't really hear anything yeah. else about their fallacies other than if they, get in, right. if they get in trouble with the law. And yeah, right, this, right, right. this is brought unfortunately, out. Yeah, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, whether that's intent with intent or not, or whether players, you know, that I know they have to build, you know, bubbles around themselves as far, you know, to protect themselves and some do a better job than others, but this is kind of equal to playing field in a way that I've never seen before. And so carrying that forward to what you're talking about, you know, that you were a victim of, of, of kind of what the, the mob mentality is right now, as far as the state of our society, where, yeah, people jump on and make it an, an assumption, and I was right there because I wanted Derek Harper to come to Utah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. You know what I mean? And so, you know, I think Absolutely. that it's it's Absolutely. it's a great metaphor, and you were really way ahead <laughs> of the curve with regard to the way that yeah. we're reacting just at the drop of a dime. Yeah. Yep, I get that too. No, that is that. That's well said, Jeremy. I um, you got to know who you are. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like, I, my mother, man. My my background. I grew up in Florida, West Palm Beach. Okay. I have I had eleven brothers and sisters, so 
growing up in that kind of a environment, I'm telling you, and I, I'm not trying to speak for the masses, but it is nothing. It comes from a place of love and sharing. I have bad feet right now because I had to share my shoes with my my younger brother. <laughs> well, sure. You know, yeah. It, 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 it that's what I come from. That's that's who I am. That's my that that that's my uh, my foundation. Is that you understand? Is love. Yeah. And there were white people in my house, black people, Hispanic, even raising my kids. All the kids catered to my place. Uh, white kids, black kids, Hispanic kids, Chinese kids. It didn't matter. You understand? Yeah. So I'm not I'm not worried about me. Let's not sit here and play ourselves, Jeremy. Who else are we talking to? Your father's not on the phone, I know. <laughs> <laughs> who is your who, who's who, who's your guy, Jeremy? My with regard to what? My guy that... Is it just you, Jeremy? No, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here Dan, with yeah, it. We're, Dan's still we're, here. We're, yeah. we're, we're we're right across the table from each yep, other. We're, right we're staring across, each yeah. other in the eye right now. Yep. Right, right. I'm I'm just curious, man. I I'm just curious to who who I'm talking to. But in any event. Yeah. You're talking to both of us, man. Let's not Let's not sit here and try to act like there are differences in society. I mean, 250 years of slavery, 150 of of Jim Crow. I mean, that stuff exists. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. To me, there's just a way to deal with it. Now, you can be, you can act like, like I said earlier, you can act like it doesn't exist. It never happened. We're crying wolf. As African Americans, Americans, that's not true either. You understand what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. the way yes. you deal with that man moving forward is gonna gonna dictate how things turn out. You know? Absolutely. I mean, you 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 go to the cap situation, man. Colin Kaepernick, I think, was coming from truth. He was coming from 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 love and truth, mm-hmm. and how he really felt about a situation. And that is why we're where we are now, is that situation. Police brutality, all that kind of stuff, is obvious. I mean, let's face it. What happened to Floyd, I mean, unless you're not human, unless you're crazy, that was the most horrific thing I've ever seen in my life, personally. Yeah. And I'm almost 60 years old. That was horrific. That was crazy. And it happens over and over again. So it's got to be addressed. Jeremy, in some kind of way. Right. Now, again, I'll go back to my original statement. How you how you address it and how you deal with it has to be the right way for it to have some kind of significant um, change in society, man. You know, it's the way I feel. But, you know, make no mistake about it, man. Some things have to change, man. There, there's no doubt about it. In, in in our uh, in our society, they're, they're, it's just that simple. The thing that I'm looking at personally on my side, Derek, is the fact that this awful crap that has gone on is finally brought to light, even to yeah. the hardest jerks out there. The fact yeah. that African Americans have suffered and paid for a long, long yeah. time. And now I I get what I'm looking forward to is, I mean, this is going to go on for a while, but I am, I am of the feeling that there will be a a resounding love and, 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 and exchange 
that someday we'll all be together and not have any of this bullshit going on right now. I totally agree with you. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm quick to say that, you know, everybody seems to think that because there were slave masters and things of that nature that all white people are bad. And I beg to differ because I have Caucasian friends that will always be my friends, that I can call on through heartache, through hard times, you name it. You understand? Yo. That will cut for my kids if something goes wrong. That will stand right in the gap for them. Okay? Mm -hmm. Bottom line, I, I mean, I, I really do have those kind of friends. And I'm not going to sit here and try to paint a picture of, you know, who's racist and who's not. But the people that are, I will say this. Dave Riddler has is a great point guard to me, one of the best in the league. I love his game. Mm -hmm, I do too. As a, he just put an album out. And Blacklist is one of the songs on his album, okay? Okay. And it starts by saying, if you're racist, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that. Yeah, I get That's it. That's the way I feel. I'll, because I'm not. I get it, and I your, totally get that. Your father called me, uh, not yet, the day before yesterday, and the minute I, I listened to my the message from Dan, Dan is a white gentleman, a, a pretty a pretty nice guy, in my opinion. Yeah. I couldn't wait to hit him back and say I'm in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. It made so me feel good, I don't good, have boy. those bones in my body. I, I don't <laughs> have those kind of bones in my body. I get it. But people do, man. And yeah. it's too bad for them. If you're racist, then fuck you. Yeah, yeah I get that it. that sounds crazy and cruel, maybe, but that's the way I feel about it. No, I, I completely agree. And I completely agree. Absolutely on your side with that. Totally. I totally, yeah. totally get that. Well, and I, yeah. th I think it's more than just, honestly, that more than just, like, Derek's side. I mean, I think it should be, you know, that, that it's just... The human side. I mean, and, and it doesn't have to get more convoluted than that. If you're racist, fuck you. You know, just, you know, but, and that goes anyway. Yeah, That's no, the thing, I, I you mean, know, and that, that goes with any race and in any direction. And, yeah. and, and it should just, you know, and, and it, it needs to be permeated um, as a basis. And, it, you know, I, I, Man, you know I, I, I think a lot of it is just sheer ignorance, man. Look at Deshaun Jackson, what he just did. Yeah, it, a lot of it is just sheer ignorance, man. Just not lack of knowledge, man, can be a dangerous tool, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. If you don't know, don't pretend you know. I agree, and, and you know it, it, it's and especially you know, for me, my uh, I'm my background is forty percent of my heritage is Eastern European Jewish, and there you, go. you know, and so you know, and, wow. and I and I. You know, and I've, I've spent a lot of time studying about it. I'm not of the Jewish faith, but I, I am Jewish. You know, that is my heritage. And so when I look at that and I look at what Stephen Jackson said to follow it up, that is ignorance. And it, and it you know, it doesn't, it, you can't have it both ways. You, you know, and, and it's not like, you, you know, it, it's, you can't go down the road of, you know, persecution and comparing it. And because, you know, like you look at, and, and I don't know if you saw the Julian uh, Edelman thing today his response yeah, to this yeah he's doing and, he and it was fantastic oh Jackson. man yeah yeah I mean it. I it was in mean in you know he's like let's go 
and you come to Holocaust Museum, and I'll go to yeah. the you know History of African Americans Museum, and I would say you know go to the Civil Rights Museum in Memphis as well, and you know and it, and then we'll sit down and have a hamburger and we'll talk about it, and that's to me exactly what needs to happen with with everyone, because otherwise it's the, it's that's back pleasure. to you know if you're racist, fuck you. If you can't, you know, I, I I've been to all those places and and yeah, as, and, and you know, I don't I. It's Bane's music, but I would echo those those same sentiments because I think racism is a very weak emotion. Do I, you understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes, I think totally. It's a weak emotion. That, that, that's my opinion. It's like being jealous or something. Well, it's also based that's on ignorance too, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, ignorance. We 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 agree on that. Yeah, that it's ignorant, but it's a weak emotion. Yes. And some kind of way, man, it comes from somewhere, whether it's taught, whether, you know, I'm not going to, I don't want to get carried away with it, but somehow I, I just think that if you put four demographic of people together as two-year-olds, that they will play together and enjoy playing together forever. Yes. Okay? So where is the disconnect from there? Is what my question would become. Parents. It's 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 the parents and then the environment right. that the parents choose to raise those yep. kids in. It's 100%. all it all comes all down I, from the top. All I, that's all I have yeah. on that. We've yeah. worn that out. We've worn we have worn out. Okay, look, I get it. You think that you can save some money and use the rotten milk in the fridge that's been there for like five months and your 10-year-old chihuahua named Hank to be your security system. But why? What, what is the number one sign of a bad home security system other than using rotten milk and Hank the chihuahua? It's, it's one that's so complicated that you'll never use it. And while rotten milk and Hank are safe, they're not going to get it done. And that's what Simply Safe has spent decades fighting against are these horrible, rotten, terrible systems that don't help anybody they they were designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home unlike hank the chihuahua and you can order online and you can open the box and put it in unlike that five-month-old box of rotten milk so whether you live in salt lake city dallas texas or toledo ohio head to simplysafe.com forward slash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee that's simplysafe.com slash team because it feels good to fear less, even if you're Hank the Chihuahua. As a professional athlete and as you grew up, because, I mean, everyone associates West Palm Beach with just, you know, Miami and all these big houses, but they don't really know the demographics, like you said, of growing up in all the different places of West Palm Beach. And, you know, then and then going to Illinois, what, you know, Talk about your experience and then, like, what it's like. Did you ever experience any of that in the NBA? Did, you know, be, because it's mostly African-American, was that yeah, not as prevalent, man, of you know? Course, of, course, of course you've experienced it, Jeremy. I mean, yeah, absolutely you've experienced it. Um, you know, I, my, I played 16 years in the league. Right. And, you know, like now you see – Coaches, players, they have iPads now. Everybody's on iPads. Mm-hmm. When I was in my prime, and Stock, Carl, Thurl, 
Big Mark Eaton, all those guys will echo the same sentiments. We got paper scouting reports, okay? Uh huh. Paper scouting reports. And one of the things that I vividly remember is how when they talked about stock, it was his intellect, how smart he was at the foot, which we all know happens to be true. But I like to think that I was a smart basketball player as well. Yes. My scouting report, my scouting report read very athletic, very strong. It was different. It was a different read altogether. Mm. You see? Yeah. And to me, that that's all that that's where it all starts. That's where it all started. Mm. Yeah. College the same thing, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, like I said, man, it exists. We know it does. Where do we go from here, man? The yeah. fact that it exists, we know. Um, you know, I mean, look at the Drew Brees situation with uh, Malcolm Jenkins. I mean, we're, we, we, we have to go somewhere from here. And I'm anxious to see, man. I'm anxious to see where all of this discrimination, all of this Black Lives Matter, and which I, I support a thousand percent every day. I'm all with day you I'm all the way. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally I'm with that. American, man. Yeah. I, I'll never close my eyes. I'm going to protest. I'm going to be a part of protest forever because I have a seven-year-old granddaughter and she's black. She's African-American. So I got to do it for her, not to mention my ancestors, the people that came before me, all of their suffering. I mean, it's deep, man. Let, let's face it. Oh, God. You know it's, what I'm saying? It's unbelievably deep. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's deep, man. I mean, everybody thinks it's just a walk in the park, man. This thing is... That's bullshit. It's heavy, man. Yeah, it, it is. It's really... It's unbelievable. It's and, and, I, and I would encourage anybody in the world, man, you know what I would say, do is educate yourself. Precisely. So you know what you're talking about. Exactly what I was going to say. you're not just sitting out here talking... Because you might say the wrong thing, and you might offend somebody. You might say something that's not true or accurate. And that leads to even more problems, okay? Yeah. So those are my thoughts, man, when it comes to it, man. Well, well speaking yeah. of education, so I, I – it is <laughs> when you were talking about the, the scouting report, like I, I, I remember you as a really intelligent player, and, and that's what made you so tough and hard to beat. You know, that, as I was thinking back on that before you were even talking about it. And yeah, so the, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, and, and you know, it's... I always felt that way. I felt that way, too. But. Well, you oh, could what? see it in your eyes when you played. I well, could see it definitely when you played. You had that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's a it's a, a constant... In, and this is... Let's transition into basketball, and we'll talk about basketball for a bit. Um, you know, that it, it's... That, that ability to see, to, you know, to... It, People call it being a coach on the floor. I mean, I, you know, I I don't know at that level if that's accurate or not. I mean, you know, if that's really plausible or not. I, I think that players get more confident. And, you know, my, my take on it is players get more confident in and earn the coach's trust if it's a good relationship. And then they, they get more confident in taking on more that is in-game. And, and, you know, then you get quicker, like you said, uh, like a quick tongue. You get quicker in analyzing things as you get better as a player. That's what I always saw from uh-huh. you know from you, and and you were talking yeah, about what you. yeah, and so talk about you know 
I, I like when I when we talk with players that played in the eighties and nineties. I do like to get your opinion on uh, comparing, you know, because you, especially you, when you played with the Knicks and that whole, you know, the 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 style of basketball is so radically different than it is now. Um, Absolutely. You know, it it and I think it takes a different appreciation that modern fans really don't understand. But t- compare and yeah, contrast yeah. that and. You know, talk about as an analyst what you look for in basketball and and how you take well, how you played to analyzing the game now. Well, you know, first of all, you you talk you can't compare old to new unless I mean, you can. The only way to do that though is the rules have to remain the same. Yes, <laughs> if the rules are different, then the game is going to be different. It's going to be played different, correct? Correct. Yes. Totally. yes. I agree 100%. So the rules changed. They took out the physicality of the game after the massacres with the Knicks and Chicago, the massacres with Detroit and Chicago. They changed. That, that changed the game. So they, there are – how do I put this? There are um, – season ticket holders, uh, corporate sponsors, and every game. Those people want to be entertained, if you would. Sure. And the entertainment went down with the physicality, with fights, and and, and just drag out, knocked out, fight that game. (laughs) That that just doesn't work, okay? So David Stern, rest in peace. Yes decided that in order to really sell and promote the league, you have to have a change in the style of play. So they remember they did, they took the hand check rule out. They say it was my rule. I disagree. Everybody did it. it. I wasn't the only one that used my hands defensively. No question. However, they, they, they took that out and they gave the advantage to the offense. Mm-hmm. And that's when the change of the game started. That, that That's when the Dirk Nowitzki's and all the guys that I literally changed the game of basketball because of their unique skill set, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have changed if you could continue to hold and grab and bang guys. And could you see Dirk playing against Detroit and Chicago no. back in the day? <laughs> no, I mean. It wouldn't have worked out for him. No, you know not a what chance. I'm as great as he is, he would have had a hard time. Yeah, that, because no question. He got away with more back then. <laughs> and that's the difference in the game, man. I mean, that that, that the rule change changed the game. Yes, is what is what I would say. That's where the game is different. It's a free flow game. The offense, you can't put your hand on the guy. A guy gets Dominique Wilkins would average forty points. If you oh. couldn't touch Dominique Wilkins when he was running around jumping out of the gym, oh. <laughs> you wouldn't have been able to contain him. If you couldn't touch Isaiah Thomas back then, you couldn't stop the guy. You know, Michael no. Jordan, I mean, he would clear, there wouldn't be any Mount Rushmore questions and <laughs> goat no. questions. We wouldn't have those questions. Well, uh, and think about like Elijah and Drexler, too. I mean, I mean, think of oh. the dream. Oh, that, there you go, oh. right there. He was incredible. He was incredible. I mean, yes. you know, and even it, Carl, Carl Malone and Stott, even those guys, man. Yep. 
would have had more of an advantage as players, man. It's just that simple. Oh, huge. So, I mean, you know, yeah. by, by changing that rule, you change the whole complex of the game. Yes. And I agree, and I think, and I appreciate that because I it's I agree with you one hundred percent, and I, I just though that fact gets glossed over too much, in my opinion. And people don't, people don't think about it, man. People people evaluate surface more than they do facts. You know what I'm saying? They don't. Yes. A lot of people, I'm gonna be honest with you, and this might say sound goofy, but. A lot of people just don't really know the game. They don't. They just don't <laughs> no. know these, the, the small <laughs> intricacies of the game of basketball. I mean, the difference in winning and losing, and I know I'm going all way into something else, however. No, don't worry great. about it. Anyway, you stay with it. Podcast, right? yeah. yeah, this is great. So I can go there. <laughs> you can go anywhere. The difference in winning and losing in professional sports is minute. It's a very small difference. People act like second, it's not good. But there's only one winner, right? Right. There's yes. only one champion. So the difference in winning and losing, man, is so small and so minute that it's like Scotty Pippen, they got him painted as a bum. You know, and he's the best Batman ever, right? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> but if you watch the last dance, everybody's like, oh, Scotty was this, Scotty was I'm just like shit. <laughs> Scotty Pippen probably might be the top one of the top players ever to play man in yeah. my opinion you know i mean he was that good you, I'm, oh. I'm you, well yeah. on in all aspects of the game i mean he was and and you know to and i guess that kind of points out how good jordan was too that someone of scotty pippen's talent could hide behind another player in a way um i mean because yeah pippen was his it what always his pippen was like his length and his hands were just unbelievable. And man, I, I'm telling you, man, Scotty, I mean, I have played against Scotty a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude, man, that dude was, yeah, he, he was scary to play against. I'm telling you, man, Scotty, he has so much range, man. He could guard point guards, twos, mm-hmm. threes, of course, fours. I mean, the guy was just so valuable that I almost think you take it, you took him for granted this whole how many years has Scotty played? His whole career, you, we took him for that, for granted. Man. I agree, totally. I, I agree. I absolutely I agree with that. Because I mean, Michael had the Michael had the spotlight back then. No, Michael yeah, didn't win the championships. Exactly right. He he didn't win the championships without him, and that is not. He, he, people don't again don't talk about that. I mean, you know. Well, he's he's quick. Michael Michael was quick to recognize that too. Also, yeah. He was, yeah, but yeah, like you know, and I think you brought up another good point as far as how people understand the game because it's the the modern era of basketball has allowed you know that the, the over analysis of the game you know getting into like taking analytics to the nth degree, but I think it's it's also ushered in an era of people claiming to be experts on the game because they understand the numbers and not the nuances though, and. I'm and maybe do you I'm, think numbers lie? Do you think numbers lie? I don't or think they always tell the truth. Numbers well, it don't d- always tell the truth. No, I don't think numbers always tell the truth because you can have someone that averages. I mean, world be free. What he averaged thirty points a game, but always like never. I mean, he was great on offense, but he probably you know. I mean, he, I didn't ever see him play defense. And, and I think his plus minus. I think his plus minus would be minus. I, I agree. Think it would be plus. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, don't think it. And you know, then you it it takes 
uh, also out, out of account other players that have roles. You know, if you take like you know on, on the Dallas Mavericks teams, like a Brad Davis or someone like that, or you know players that have a specific role that do that role extremely well. And you know they might. Have- that, that's a hell of, hey, hey, listen, that is a hell of an analogy right there, because I would guarantee you, and I, I hate to interrupt you, but no, you're good. I would guarantee you that Brad Davis would be a plus. Yes. I, I guarantee you, because I remember sitting for a year and a half playing behind Brad, and it was something about the way the team maneuvered when he was on the floor that was different from when I was on the floor. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, reason why. One, he played more minutes than I played in my rookie year. Right? Right. He he had more comfort. Being on the floor gives you comfort, right, as a player. So I came in as a backup, maybe 12 minutes, 13 minutes, a good night, 18 minutes. I'm on the floor as a rookie in 83, 84. I was trying to do so freaking much when I got in the game <laughs> that I couldn't do shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm trying so freaking hard. Man. I'm just like, oh my God, I got to show, I got to show, I got to show something. I got to show them I can do this. Show them I can do that. Show them I can... Meanwhile, by the time I show everything, we're down five points. We got to put the veteran back in. <laughs> <laughs> we got to stable grass. Stabled the team, you know. He just had had a different pulse at that point guard position. We got to get him back in there. So it's all a process, man. I guess is what my point is. Man. Did you learn from him? Did was that a learning experience? Oh my God! Should I give Brad all the credit and respect in the world, man? Are you kidding? You got to learn from somebody. See, I was an arrogant rookie, man. I came in. I thought I was better than Roe, Brad, Elston Turner, whoever was the guards on our team that year. I left Illinois. I was a college All-American, second-team All-American, Big Ten Player of the Year. I'm like, shit, I'm going. I'm going to start. And it was a long time coming, man. It was on-the-job training. I had to learn. I had to, you know, to work things work things out for myself before I could actually uh, get in there and and make my presence felt. One thing about Brad that was uh, particularly, I mean, now, every time he comes in, he will say, hi, Dan. He never forgets my name. (laughs) I am, it blows my mind, bless his heart. He's such a nice guy. And and, and the combination of you two would be, that that yeah. that that's pretty amazing. I think that's a gigantic he, he step my, forward. That, that was my guy. I learned a lot from him. He, um, Brad is, uh, I don't know how you describe. I mean, the guy was just so unassuming. You know, you but, just look precisely. At him like, that's the perfect word for him. Yeah, you can, you look at Brad and it's like shit. What can he do? Right. <laughs> and then he, he will trick your ass, man. Yep. <laughs> he will trick you up so bad, man. I'm telling you. You can nail your feet to the floor. (laughs) Yeah. No, I just, I have so much respect for the dude, man. Honestly. And, you know, normally there's a lot of confrontation when you're trying to get somebody's job. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's face it, man. We're selfish creatures as professional athletes because if he's a starter, I want to be a starter. So, fuck. I love you. I respect you, Brad, but fuck it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
Got so it. that's the way, that's the approach. And I keep echoing, man, there's a way to go about it. Brad and I have ever, never, ever had beef. I, I'll never forget when I first had, uh, when I first started in TV, they tried to do get me to do a, a print on Brad Davis. I wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the respect factor. You did what I'm saying? Yeah. I respect Brad so much that I'm like, I ain't doing that stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make fun of Brad. So <laughs> let's try something else. I'm just not gonna do it. So you know, you uh, you live and you learn, and you. I mean, you just you deal with it, man, and you uh, you keep it moving, man. Keep so, it moving. So moving to now, Derek uh, Luka Doncic. I mean, uh, you know, you got a really you know it, it, such a unique team in Dallas that. Um, you know, and I, I like Carlisle a lot. Um, you know, he, he's kind of reminds, you know, in my opinion, he's a, a more of an old school coach that demands a lot, but, you know, has the player's ears that is a really great he's mind. A in the what? Game. He's a what now? I, 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 I think it, he has some of the old school mentality of how he manages yeah. a team. And yeah, yeah. and I, I like how how Porzingis and, and, and Luca seem to, to – buy into that and I think that that's something that has made Luca better even I mean he's amazing on his own but the fact that he buys into that I think is has kind of thrown him into another stratosphere and I'd love to hear your take on the on the modern team you know I I, I would agree with that to a certain extent I, okay. I just think coaches I, I think when you when you start talking coaching I think how coaches adjust to players and to mm. uh, teams throughout throughout a game I think that's where their value is. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. Rick has to adjust to Luca and KP. Those guys are, are unique talents. Yes. And it, I, I always tell people, coaches are great. I mean, Jerry Sloan, you guys, the late Jerry Sloan, yeah. one of the greatest ever, long tenured in Salt Lake City. Um, but coaches, and they'll tell you this if they're real, Coaches are as good as their players. Every coach, Riles, Pat Riley, one of the winningest coaches in, in the history of uh, NBA, right? Right. Yep. Look who he's, look who he's fucking coached. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I mean, Bill yeah. Jackson, right? Yep. Bill has won a lot of fucking championships. Right? <laughs> With a lot of great fucking players, yeah, too. I mean, exactly. Yeah. That's all I'm saying right yeah. there, guys. Uh, that, that, that's my, that's my, my, my mantra right there with a lot of fucking good players. So players make it, man. So I, I look at coaching as, as as kind of managers, you know, getting guys to buy into it, and it's difficult now. It's a whole different character base. It, it, these, aren't, these aren't your ordinary, you know, put your lunch in your lunchbox, go to work hard. These aren't mailmen. No, they're and not. And yeah. hornies, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. These are different kind of kids. These are AAU kids. Cater to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like, that, that that's the difference. I think that's where coaches earn their stripes right now. But as far as Luka and KP is concerned, shit. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Rick. But we could coach those guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never coached in my life. But when you coach greatness, man, get out of the way. Yeah, the precisely. Biggest. Yeah, you That's just fair. you know what I'm saying. You yeah, ask them if the they way, want to come out guys, for a break, and then they didn't get the hell yeah, out of the I'm way. Like I, I, I like you guys as coach in Salt Lake City because he gets out of the fucking way. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? He's good at um, 
Derek, is uh, his communication skills to the younger yeah. guys is astounding, yeah. in my opinion. When Jerry was there, Jerry said, yeah. you do what the fuck I tell you or you will not right. play. You will be down on your ass and you will not see That's the basketball. Right. And, and listen, and the reason it worked because he had the right guys for that, right? Precisely. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he had the right the right soldiers for that. Carl and John. You can, <laughs> That's you, get on Scott, you can tell you can call Scott anything but a child of God. You can you can get on Carl, the <laughs> old school guy. Coach Mana used to tell Dick Mana used to tell me, I'm I'm gonna ride your ass because I can't ride Mark Aguirre. I can't ride <laughs> <laughs> we'll lose those guys. Said, we'll lose them. They they won't be worth shit. Yep. If I got in there and if I got on, on them as much as I get on you, he so so he said you can take it. Fuck it. So I was just looking for it, man. Yeah. I mean, I was just like, anything that went wrong, it was, Derek, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so that's what I'll say, man. I mean, it's, it, 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 it's an incredible thing, man. It, it, it really is. And when you start talking about talent that Luca has, that KP has, and before the pandemic, before the, the season was shut down, those guys are really starting to to groove and find each other. Yeah, I think the future is as bright as as bright as it can be. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I... Moving forward, this team is going to be good for a long time. I think Rick is the perfect guy to coach these guys. And I get if Rick, if you ask him right now, he's adjusting on the fly, man. Yep, you're right. I mean, he he is really learning himself. I mean, there's no there's no book. How, Go find a book on how to coach greatness. There is no book. Doesn't exist. Hey, could that you... exists on how to coach great players. You, it doesn't exist. It just simply doesn't exist. I have one you favor know? to ask of you, Derek, if you could. If you just check with Rick and tell him to stay the hell out of my sight, sight line, <laughs> he, yeah, has a, he has a I, propensity I, to stand I, I, right in front of my ass. You and tell I'm it, Dan. Dan, listen, you tell it. And I'll stand behind you and go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he's in my way, too. He's in my way, too, <laughs> No, I'd like you to oh, do it if you wouldn't Rick, mind. <laughs> Rick, Rick is one of the few coaches, man, that never sits down. No. Ever, ever, ever. I don't, I don't know what it is. I think I've seen Coach Charlie. I've been doing TV for about 20-plus years, man, here. And I don't I think I've ever seen Coach sit down. I mean, he's up, man. He coaches. He earns his uh, he earns his cash, man. No doubt about it. Oh, I'm looking forward to the I'm looking forward to the moment, Derek. When I'm when I'm looking forward to the moment is uh, when I miss a shot that a Maverick makes, and he turns around and looks at me. He's how come you didn't say that? Like I I can't see through your fucking coat, man. That doesn't work. I can't I can't I missed it. I if you'd sit down and or just move to the side so I could see, I'd be a little bit more informative for you. How's that? Would he? Do you think he'd buy into that? Do uh, can I ask you your impressions and, and I'm sure that you you cross paths with him enough but I'm, I've I've always always been somewhat enamored with Mark Cuban I, I for some reason I've, I mean his youth and his uh, exuberance his cash is un, un, undeniable but that I think he's a fairly intelligent human being am I looking at the right person yep. based on that there's no question D. I, 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 uh, I have a lot of respect for Mark um, I think when you are a billionaire and you don't have to listen to anybody, if you take time to listen to everybody, 
then you're going to be like Mark. You're going to be successful, man. I mean, this guy, you, you mentioned his passion. He has the passion. He's a very intelligent guy, great businessman. Um, but just a, a people person, man, that just knows how to, he knows how to bring things together. And the one thing I'll say about owners, man, the, the best owners, Kraft, Jones, well, maybe not so much Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Jones, the best owners trust who they hire, right? Yes. Would yes. you agree, Dan? Yes, totally. They trust who they hire. The reason Jerry Sloan was around so long was because the owners and the old regime, the new regime, whoever, they trust and believe in him, right? Right, totally. So that allows you to do your job to the best of your ability. And it makes your your job, if a coach is making you look good and you look smart, don't, don't, don't try to pick one. Just let it be that. Yeah. And that's what Mark has done, man. He's hired Donnie Nelson, Rick Carlisle, been here for, what, 11, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. Donnie's been here for a little bit longer than that, maybe 14, 15 years. And those guys, the recipe has worked. The formula has worked. They've been successful. The Mavericks made the playoffs for, I think, like 12, 13 straight years at one point in franchise history. It's the 40th anniversary of the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. This past summer, and for forty years to say that you've been in the playoffs year after year after year, you guys know. I yeah. mean, you, yeah, you, you, you bet. You, you, jazz. You, you know what what that's like, and the pedigree and, and and what people, how people feel about that. Mark Cuban has made the Mavericks a uh, a household team in the NBA. Yeah, for a long period of time, he's been here for twenty years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, he's been the owner for 20 years, has won a championship, but has made the playoffs, the playoffs, and been relevant for maybe 15 of those uh, those 20 years. Yeah, I don't know. There, there's a good read. Rick Buecher just wrote an article. Come to that, Mark. Come to that, cube That you know, since the the 2011 championship, I think the, I, I read. I didn't read all of it because I didn't agree with a lot of it. But hmm. Buecher was saying that Cuban. You know, made a won a championship, but since the championship, which was what nine years ago, said that Marcus kind of rested on his laurels. He's kind of went out and kind of fallen for the hype and made himself famous. You know what I'm saying? Doing Shark Tank, doing all the stuff that he does now. And you know, I I I don't know how much I agree with that because I think. One, it's hard as hell to win a championship. Yeah. Hmm. You know? I, yeah. I mean, I'm telling you guys, and you guys know all too well, oh. you never got one. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> as good as you were, as consistent as you were, as much success as the Jazz had, they're kind of like me. I mean, I, I played in New York, had a chance to win, played in L.A., had a chance to win, and never came to fruition. So, you know, I think we take success in the league for granted when we have a lot of success. And I just think that, man, when you when you really get down to it, man, shit, if you can say you're relevant year in and year out, which is only about, what, 10%, 15% of teams can say year mm-hmm. in and year out, you're saying a lot. That's all I can say, man. But you, I mean, Mark, he'll go down as one of the better owners, no doubt about it. Oh, I totally agree. And if you think that he's sleeping – Check with Luca and, and uh, Porzingis and see how, <laughs> how they feel about right. 
Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, he's he socked up to you, make that trade. Yeah, that? yeah. How do you pull that off? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Donnie is unappreciated there because, you know, I, I don't know where Mark – a lot of times Mark is not present. You know, it takes Donnie Nelson grabbing the GM, standing under the bleachers of the arena, talking to him about, you know, maneuvering and making deals. So, yep. you know, it takes a team, man. It takes a village, man. It takes everybody. <laughs> That's true. One that... or two guys to do it. Absolutely. Well – uh, we'll wrap things up, and it's been just fantastic talking with you. You're it's, an amazing uh, yeah. human being, young I, fella. We, I got to uh, hear it. Well, Dan, listen, I do my best. <laughs> listen, I, it's so good to talk to you, man, outside of the arena. Well, you know I get, I, mean? I totally agree with that. I, and at, yeah, at the same I, I, time, I have so much comfort, man. I, I feel like I'm sitting in my in my house with you guys. <laughs> that's so, cool. That's yeah, that, that's a Honest, that's yeah. a hell of a compliment. Really appreciate that. So but, I, I got a couple of things real quick. So when uh, Boban did that, uh, the uh, the movie, the John Wick movie, did he get yeah. a massive amount of shit from players, or were they like, hey, that's cool, way to go? Man, cute. Everything is cool here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the whole thing. You you can you can you can go outside. We have an owner. That, that, that brought Dennis Rodman in when he first became owned. <laughs> yeah. Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you're talking about guerrilla marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's simply guerrilla marketing, man. Where you, you Whatever works, man. Bobine is a household name here in Dallas, man. Yeah. People love it. Everywhere he's gone, and not just off the court. You know, he's had a lot of success. I, I don't know what. The, 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 his his niche is, but he has something that people that appeals to people. And the the, the, the crazy thing about it is that Oban is, when you look at his numbers on every team that he's been on per minute, one of the more efficient players in the NBA, man. So he's, he's skilled. He's not just one of these big poofy dudes. No, <laughs> dude, I, wa- I watch him. I watch him in warm-ups when he gets a chance to dribble, man. The dude's skilled. Like, he can actually yeah, handle the ball. exactly right, man. You know? And yeah, I like him a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. always intrigued with those kind of people, man. I'm I agree. Always, yeah. Dude, yeah. I always the, want to know what, what the, the catch is. He's the, he's the kind of player that gets you in the in the playoffs and in the, in, when you get to the championship. He's the kind of player that has that one game, one or two games, yeah. That that gets you the chip. Like he's the guy that no puts question. you over the edge on one like, like, one of like two of those Kurt games. Rambis, yep. Like Kurt Rambis did for the Lakers. Yes. Yep. Yeah. What like, what Bill Walton did for like the a, like a yeah. Like, yep. You know Luke Longley. Yeah. Coach did for the Bulls. Who coach? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, but they call them glue guys, man. That's yeah. what they are. They're guys that Bobby Jones when Philly wanted. Chip, Billy, yes. Know, had a significant role. You know, that's going back here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know Bobby Jones, man. I, I was a big Maurice. I was a big Philly fan. I love Moses Malone, Maurice Cheeks, uh, and Andrew oh, yeah. Tony. All those guys. Yeah, I, I remember that. Too. Yeah, man. Derek. So, I mean, you gotta have those kind of guys. I guess is what my point is. Absolutely, Derek. I introduced Moses Malone when he was 19 years old into his first game when he was with the Stars here. That's how far back Moses, when he played his first game here in Salt Lake. 
at 19, yeah. I got I introduced him oh, into ABA. his first game. You're talking ABA, right? ABA, yeah, right? You, go. you got it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Way back. <laughs> and, and, and listen, Dan, I don't know about you, man, but I think one of the most difficult things to do is pick, like everybody said, top 50 players. How do you do top that? Top 25 players. Man, I argue with people, man, because I'm trying to support the old school all the time. Oh, you gotta. You're gonna tell me Moses Malone is not top 25 oh. players? Oh, Jesus. Come on. Of course he is. Holy shit. He was a man's child, man. This oh. Was so good. And, and that's the, it's the recency bias. Um, I, I go off forever on this, but it, it's just I have a, such a hard time with you know the greatest player of all time and just the, the constant comparison. They never put Kareem in that conversation, and you look at what it's that sick. it's sick. It is sick. The dude sick. won an Kareem MVP of forty. Oh, again, you take people for granted, man. Yep. You, you 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 just take players for granted. Even Magic, man, you yep. can argue Magic was the greatest winner ever. Yeah. Magic won a championship in high school. He went to Michigan State, won a championship, got to the NBA as a rookie, won a championship without Kareem. Yeah. And I just don't think those guys get enough credit, man, for their greatness and what they, they, they did as players, man. So Totally. I don't know. Check in the last time oh, somebody scored 100 points. I mean, those guys get credit, but <laughs> that was – that was you talking about the league right now is about dynamic duels, right? Yeah. Like twosomes. Yep. <laughs> Yep. I mean, stock is gone. They they will go down as two of the best ever, man. And they should, and they should. Absolutely. You know, but uh, Absolutely. all right, man. Well, you get a couple things you got to promise to come back on the show sometime, and then next time when this when the shit all calms down, you come to Salt Lake City. You promise to hit me up so we can go play some golf. Shit, that's a wrap, man. That's that's easy. All right, <laughs> I'm fair weather now. I'm a Floridian. That's okay. You know, well, just as long as the it's weather has to agree. It will agree. <laughs> I'm all down. No, no, I'm I'm down, man. Well, Jeremy lets yeah, me carry his bags too, Derek. So uh, I hear you, man. Yeah, it was great talking to you and your son, man. I really enjoyed. You got you yeah. are a, an amazing human being, and uh, I I, 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 I could I try, man. I know you, but you succeed with uh, with uh, aces. Sinner, a sinner saved by God's grace, man. Yes, right. I'm with Amen you. Amen for that, man. I'm with Amen. you. Yes, sir, man. Well, you take care, Derek, and uh, stay safe. We'll uh, we'll talk okay, again soon. Thanks. We love you, dude. Take care. Love you, man. Bye bye. That was good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.